Hey everybody, this is Imani Lowe. Hey, hey, hey everybody, this is Gabby Barlatier and you're listening to The Sweet Podcast. Alright guys, alright, 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 welcome, 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 welcome back to another episode of The Sweet Podcast. We have a very, very, very special um, episode for you today. We are going to be discussing a topic that's been pretty hot you know, on social media, and we've had so many people reach out and say, you know, Wanda, you guys need to do this episode, you guys need to talk about this, so I am very excited about this episode today, but before I get into what the episode is about, I have to thank all of you guys that's been tuning in, thank you to all of our iTunes and Google and SoundCloud fans and all the people that's following us on social media on the Sweet Podcast, thank you for your support, we really, really, really love the direction the show is going and all the feedback you guys have been giving us for the show and always 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 shout out to silver slate studios for all their help and making sure we bring all of these amazing podcasts um to you from their studio in plantation <laughs> my name is wanda wanda tima and i am your host today and also one of the um lead team members of linea suite so the sweet podcast the Sweet Podcast, of course, is powered by Linia Sweet, and we are here with some special, special guests today. I have some of my Linia Sweet people in the studio with us today. We got Jennifer. Jennifer, say hey from wherever you are. Hi. <laughs> Jennifer's in the studio helping outside today. We have Martina. You guys should know Martina from now. Martina, say hey. Martina just got back from Haiti, bought us some goodies and some treats that I cannot wait to get into. <laughs> and we have some special guests that we are going to discuss our topic with today. And the topic is identifying as Haitian and Afro-Latina. Wait, Af- wait Afro-Latinx, right? Right, right? Yeah, I got it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we just had this <laughs> conversation <laughs> about whether or not the X was silent or not. So it's Afro-Latinx. So one of our first guests is Duke University PhD student Ayana Legros. Ayana, say hello. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be with you all today. Hey, Ayana, and we have Florida International University sociology student Imani Lowe. Imani. Hey, everybody. And we have Florida International University senior Gabrielle. <laughs> Gabby, help me, Gabby. Gabby Balatier. Okay. Gabby <laughs> nice Balatier. to be here. <laughs> and just so I just, just to start off, let me just do some quick bios of who we have. So one of our main guests, which is one of the main reasons we are having this episode today, is Ayana Legros. Ayana is the daughter of two um, staunch, wait, two, is that staunch? Staunch. Ah, two staunch advocates of the Haitian community in New York. Seeing herself as a continuation of this legacy, her work is committed to achieving and retelling the stories of Haitian migrants in Latin America, the Caribbean, and the United States. At the moment, she is pursuing a doctorate in history at Duke University with a focus on radio and activism during the Duvalier years. Hmm. Legros have completed fellowships and won grants through CCCADI, NYU, Duke, the Davis Foundation, Foundation, and has taught at Cooney, Gutman, and Cooney Hostess in New York. That's right, Diana. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Yeah. And we have, again, Gabby Balatier. Gabby was born in New Jersey and raised in a suburban town of North Brunswick, New Jersey, 
where she was one of the few people, she said, of Haitian descent in her town. Aside from her family ties, Gabby was not introduced to dynamics of Haitian culture until she moved with her mom to Broward County, Florida in 2003. I'm sorry, 2013? Mm -hmm. She later moved to Miami to attend FIU where she desired to connect more with her Haitian, her Haitian and cultural roots, led her to become the president of the Haitian Student Organization from 2016 to 2017. Yeah. Today, Gabby is approaching her senior year at FIU, pursuing her bachelor's degree in early childhood education and business administration, and currently works full-time as assistant teacher in Miami. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> Miami, too? <laughs> oh, yeah. Those kids. First day of school. <laughs> So Imani Lowe is not Haitian, and we're excited to have her here today. She's Guyanese and Belizean, a senior major in sociology at FIU. She grew up in Orlando with her family, and she considered herself an Afro-Latina and Caribbean. She was born in Belize, and her father is Guyana. Uh, my mother was born in Belize, and my father was born in Guyana. Oh, okay. I was born in L.A. You were born in L.A.? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's fine. Okay, so first we want to say let's let's get into this discussion. Everyone has their intros. Everyone has said hello. We can get, we can get into this topic now, let's right? Get it cracking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so first off, one of the main things before we get into this topic, I want to go ahead and just give everyone the definition or mm -hmm. the politically correct way of defining Afro Latina. So Afro Latin Afro Latin. Afro, we can say La Afro Latin. That's what I'm saying. Just say it's Afro like Latin Latina or yeah. Latino, but we could just say Latin. Like okay. I think, think of it as Afro Latin as the language instead of you know the people. Okay, perfect. Latin I'm like X. I'm gonna be going back and forth with this all as, at least for the pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Afro Latin is used to describe a person of African descent in Mexico, Central and South America, and the Spanish-speaking Caribbean, as well as those of African descent in the U.S whose origins are in Latin America and the Caribbean. It's often viewed as more inclusive with terms like Hispanic, which implies direct connection to Spain or Latin, a person of Latin American descent excluding African ancestry. That's where, a where is that? lot. That is a lot. That is a, Jennifer, where is it? I'm like, that's from Hip Latina? Okay, so that's the definition for that, but we're gonna ask Ayana. We're gonna get we're gonna get Ayana into this conversation I and disagree. get her to explain that. Cause just reading that, I'm all confused now. I'm like, so. As soon as they said ex <laughs> Latin speaking countries in the Caribbean, I'm a little off with that. Yeah. So I wanna know more about this. Okay, so why we're doing this topic. So one of the main reasons we're doing this topic is we're always covering, you know, this conversation. We've posted on the page numerous times about, you know, Haitians being considered considered Latin or Afro-Latina, especially mm -hmm. now since the Afro-Latina, you know, term is, like, being used so widely now all mm -hmm. over. So we've posted many times of Haitians being that, and it's always been crazy. The comments go crazy. People are, like, upset, and they're mm -hmm. like, why are we trying to take on this new label, and so on and so on. So normally... We post it for educational purposes and we get out the way. <laughs> we let everybody do their thing in the comments. But one of our bloggers found Ayana's article. So Ayana basically covered this, um, covered the topic. She did an article a few weeks ago in um, for Me Too. For is it Me Me Too? Ayana, is that the correct way of saying it? It's by Me Too. By Me Too. Okay, and it was titled mm -hmm. 
As a Haitian American woman, I know I'm Afro Latina, but it's time for you to acknowledge it too. So seeing that, we were like, oh my God, we have to share that because here's someone that is Haitian. She's identifying as Afro Latina and she's educating and telling people why, well, telling Haitians why they should or why she con considers herself Afro Latina. Of course, social media went crazy. The comments were nuts. It was like a lot of mixed reviews, negative, positive, and mm -hmm. from her page, and even when we posted it on our page. So we wanted to definitely bring Ayana on to talk about this because we feel like her article was one of the first we've seen where a Haitian woman was so vocal mm -hmm. um, about being Afro-Latina. So Ayana, first, you know, go ahead and let you just go ahead and start speaking on what motivated you to write this article and why did you think it was so important to make sure that you say that, um, that it's time for other people to acknowledge you too? Yeah, I mean, I can say that this idea has been on my mind since I was, for like the past nine years. Um, I, it kind of started in college. Actually, I mean, even in my childhood, I'll say, I'll start off by saying that growing up in Harlem um, during the 90s, I was very exposed to, you know, people like immigrant life, you know, like people of Latin America and the Caribbean, especially living in that part of New York City. There was a little Haiti in my grandma's neighborhood growing up, you know, so that wasn't in Brooklyn, I'm going to say. <laughs> so that's another thing. Um, so, you know, I was, I was always surrounded by people that came from Latin America and identified as black. Um, and my, just growing up with my parents and my home, you know, they exposed me to music, culture, um, of the Americas. And so when I got to college, I took a class called Blacks in Latin America. And the course started with the Haitian revolution. And I saw all the Latino students in the class just be like so confused. Like that was the first time that Haiti had ever been associated with Latin America. And so I just wanted to be on this quest to understand like why does Haiti operate within certain spaces? Like why, why do people struggle so much with with thinking about Haiti as being associated with Latin America. And so to really get to the answer of that, I had to just think through what blackness in Latin America meant. And so that meant traveling, taking classes, reading, um, being in dialogue with activists. Um, and it just became very clear as to why Haiti got excluded um and it's because of our history um and our stigmas and it continues today um so you know when it came time to just writing this article i was like this has been on my mind for so long um it just needs to be released and and so i wrote it um this year and um I'm, I'm really happy I did because I think it started great conversation. No, absolutely. And, it, and as far as, like you said, you mentioned that you wanted to know why it was excluded. When you say excluded, you mean excluded by who? Because tech, geographically, Haiti is located in the Caribbean and mm -hmm. is a Latin American country. Yeah, I correct? never understood why they use it only for the Latin-speaking countries. But, yeah. but at the same time, when I was a kid, I, I understood it because it just it was just a visual thing for me as a little young child I was like mm -hmm. okay Latin 
okay, they're lighter, so they're Latin, and they speak Spanish, so I can't be Latin. So I never even associated, like, Haiti with Latin America at all, even though it's in Latin America. So that's, even though you saw it and you knew it was there, you were still, like, I, I was correct? I was confused because in, in that time, like, if I said I was Latin American, they would look at me like, what? What do you mean, speak Spanish? They would, they would like, in school, yeah. they would be like, you speak Spanish? And I'll be like... I don't think so. No, I don't. But according to geographics, like right. I'm in the countries next to Dominican Republic. And although we speak French, it's still a Latin country. Mm -hmm. These are things I wasn't really thinking about as, as a young kid. But now I'm like, so I'm Afro-Latina. Like when I saw that post, I was like, okay, let me go in this comment section because <laughs> I, was, I was interested. So I, yeah, I appreciate this article. I read it and I was like, wow. Certain things you don't really realize how much Haiti contributed to. Like, I didn't know that. I knew that Haiti was the first, you know, Latin. Uh, I didn't rec recognize that it was the first Latin American, you know, country to get its independence. We would mm -hmm. say the first mm -hmm. black nation, yes. But let's use another term, first Latin American country as well. Exactly. And that's a, that's a statement as far as, like, you know, just Latin American countries, our fellow Latin American countries to recognize, like, Haiti... We did that. Yes, yeah. we're here. So, Ayana, when you mentioned the excluding part, what, like, what did you mean by that? As far as like people excluding, like, other Latin countries, other Latina Latinas, or like, what did you mean by like, as far as them exclude? You wanted to know why it was excluded. Who were you referring to? Yeah, I think it became really clear when I was sitting in classes and my like I was taking classes on Latin America and the Caribbean or like. And just seeing professors not even address Haiti. And I'm like, how are you about to teach this whole course and not talk about Haiti? You know, and how dare you? And I think that that just kind of kept bubbling up for me. And then um, it's interesting because I, my dad um, took, like, it was one day, he was like, oh, the Venezuelan council is doing an event um, on Haitian Flag Day. And I was like, okay. And this was back in 2012, and we went to this event together at the Venezuelan uh, consulate in New York City, and they were talking about Haiti's contributions to the Americas and why they honor Haiti. And I was like, wait, what is going on? And so I just wanted to dig deeper into that story. And so it started off with, you know, taking that course my freshman year, and then it just carried on throughout college. Um, but that being in that Venezuelan consulate in that space, it propelled me to end up researching the relationship with, between Haiti and Venezuela and also understand why um, Venezuela was doing commemorative work around Bolivar and Pétion and all these heroes. And I'm like, why isn't this spoken about more and more? Um, and so that was a really key moment in terms of grounding my interest in this topic. And I think, you know, to answer your question, I think, uh, you know, professors, historians, we don't really talk about why Haiti gets excluded like that. Like we do, but it not, not in a way that um, it really regrounds Haiti back into Latin America. Um, and then I think just the everyday public, you know, we're always kind of, if there's an immigration debate in the United States, it becomes like, oh, Latin American means Mexican, right? Mm -hmm. Like certain uh -huh. groups get associated with certain um, identities. And then 
I think also on a linguistic level, like the Haitian migration experience is so complex. And I think that people assume that Haitians go from point A to point B. Many times they pass through multiple countries in the Americas in the, in the quest to even get to the United States. So I've had family members like my grandmother, she speaks Spanish and I'm like, well, I always ask my dad why. And he's like, oh, well, she was a merchant woman, you know? So she spent, like she went to Mexico, she went to Panama, like Haitians, we travel, you know? And I think yeah. that's what I wanted to really communicate. It's like, we are a mobile people. We are connected to, because of this, the geographical space that we're in, we're connected to so many different identities. And why isn't that spoken about? Absolutely. And why is it seen as a negative thing if we talk about Haiti in that light? Absolutely. And I want to bring you and Imani and ask you on this end, because you're not Haitian, and you say you consider yourself, um, of course, Afro-Latina and mm -hmm. Caribbean. Mm -hmm. So how often, like, have did you, like, growing up or even now, do you consider Haiti or Haitians, Latin Americans, or Afro-Latinas? Or, like, what are, you, what are your views on Haiti being included or excluded in this conversation? I think that um, definitely like the Haitian culture and like the um, the Haitian people should definitely be considered um, Afro-Latinas, Afro-Latin, Afro-Latinx, um, because it's, to me, it's, we kind of get, like, I was talking to Gabby about this um, a little bit before we started the podcast. Um, we get wrapped up, I feel like, in what we kind of imagine Latin people to be. So we kind of have this visual, like, we're like, okay, Latin people look like this. Latin people are th this. This mm -hmm. is what I imagine that Latin people are. I imagine them to be Puerto Ricans, um, Dominicans, Mexicans, and kind of not really seeing them outside of that. And, um, like, I I consider myself Afro-Latina because of my Belizean background, um, because that's a Latin American country. Um, and Guyana could also be considered a Latin American country as well. So I definitely identify as Afro-Latina, but growing up, I did have a lot of pushback when I was, would say that I was Afro-Latina. I considered myself Afro-Latina before this, the term kind of got mainstream, because um, I did research, because I was like, I, I, this is an identity that I have. I consider myself a Latina, but I feel, I don't want to say uncomfortable, but I feel uncomfortable calling myself a Latina. So it made me kind of come to finding the term Afro-Latina, because I was like, I'm black. I'm a black woman, but I'm a Latina. And that's how I found the term. And um, a lot of people would be like, oh, well, you don't speak Spanish, so how are you a Latina? Um, you don't have to speak Spanish to be a Latina. Uh, it's not about Spanish speaking. That's why they had the term Hispanic. It's about, um, you know, geographically where, you're, where you know, your ancestors are from and things like that. And um, I was also talking to Gabby about the fact that society and people were very willing to accept other groups as Latinas, like, for example, Brazilians, you know, they don't speak Spanish in that country, but it's understood that they are considered Latin American. But I, and I was talking about it and I was saying, I think it's because, you know, what we assume when we look at Latin, um, a lot of Brazilians, not all of them, of course, there's a lot of like black and brown um, Brazilians, but like the imagery that we see immediately when we think about Brazilians, it more so fits what we consider to be, you know, that Latin American yeah. people. So I, I definitely think that if you are in Latin America, you are Latin American. If you're black and you're Latin American, you are definitely an Afro-Latina, Afro-Latino, Afro-Latinx.
One of the things I noticed, like even in the comments after we posted Ayana's article, was the fact that a lot of people were saying, I'm black, I can't be. I speak Creole and French, not Spanish, so I can't be. So that was also one of the things that I really wanted to bring mm -hmm. up and talk about today because I feel like there's a lot of misconception and confusion about that, right? Definitely. When people hear Latin or Latin American, they automatically take it to language or they take mm -hmm. it to color or skin tone and this and that. And it's like, t what is, you know, mm -hmm. a Latin American? What is... Uh, Afro Latin, even with this Afro now, we're adding this Afro part to it. But what is what is that? You know, Latin American person. What does that mean? Yeah, I think there's too many terms, not too many that just too many we're uneducated about. Like if there's these terms, Latin American, Spanish, um, Hispanic, and then Caribbean, and then we just have our own ethnicity, Haitian, Dominican, or whatever you are. And it's just like sometimes people get confused because we're not educated about mm -hmm. these terms. These terms are here to like, Hispanic, I, I, like you said, Imani, means that you're Spanish speaking, but a person from Brazil is not Hispanic, and a person from, but a person from Spain is Spanish. I mean, a person from Spain is mm -hmm. Hispanic and Spanish, but a person from like Peru is Hispanic, but are they Spanish? Cause that's my question. Cause I, certain things I get confused about the terms, you know? Yeah, I'll so hop in if that's okay. Um, so in a, basically a summary, I would say that the reason why, um, you know, when independence movements happened in the Americas, Haiti had gotten its independence, Latin American nations, were on the quest for independence, obviously with the support of Haiti, um, there became this whole idea that, you know, Latin America would basically be um, a, a great space because of this idea of mestizaje. This idea meaning that we are mixed with European, um, indigenous, yes. and also African ancestry. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of mestizaje is what has made Latin Americans kind of be like, oh, we don't have a race problem because we're all mixed. Mm -hmm. Yay, you know? And so I understand Haiti is not necessarily a part of that history because, you know, not like, I'll give an example of Argentina that aggressively um, recruited Italian migrants to lighten up their population. Or, um, you know, openly put black people on, or Afro-descended people on um, the front lines of war to eliminate black people in their nation. So Haiti, understandably, has a different history, and we are a nation that has, since our beginning, proclaimed our blackness. So in a sense, people feel that Haitians don't have that same baggage, and that's why Afro-Latin America has become such a prominent term because it's a movement to basically reconnect to this African history that has been silenced under the guise of mestizaje, we're all mixed, so we are harmonious. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And even with that, like, let's bring in, like, the Haitian aspect of it, because one of, of course, because you're Haitian, one of the main conversations on social media when you released your article was the fact that Haitians were like, no we are not going to be identified mm -hmm. as 
you know, Afro, Latin, like, don't put that next to us at all. We're not looking for this label. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you guys trying to be part of this community that doesn't even, you know, want us to be a part of them? Look at um, the Dominican Republic that's right next door. We barely get along with them. Why are you guys looking for this extra label? Why can't you just be okay with, you know, being Haitian or just being black? Like, why are you trying to add this additional label? So... I mean, let's speak on that. Like, how did you feel about those comments? I'm sure you are, you knew they were coming, right? So, what, like, how did you feel about seeing that and so many people, like, really come on so strong, um, you know, with that, like, feeling like you wanted to be part of this culture that didn't want you to be, you know, that d doesn't accept you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that the whole, I'll first start off by saying that with all the information out right now about Afro-Latinidad, that there were still people that were like, you cannot be Black and Latin American. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just too much knowledge online for us to even be starting there. Um, and then also I saw this idea that um, Haitians, you know, we don't have that problem of, we're not confused. We're very clear that we're Black. Yeah, but if you go to Haiti today, you'll see and understand that we still have issues with identity, mm -hmm. colorism. It might not, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that doesn't mean that we don't have work to do around our own identi identity and cultural dynamics. I think that we don't see that because when Haitians migrate to the United States, especially in the second generation, third generation, they can just kind of operate within this African-American identity. Um, but I think that the fact that people were so resistant to the idea shows that not a lot of reflection has been done about, you know, why is it that Haiti cannot be understood as being a Latin American country? And why hasn't that been asked on a massive scale? Right, but why do you guys think Haitians are so against it? Because I know- I think it's just about the history that we've been through. like. Like you said, what's the term mestiza that you that you mentioned, Ayana? The mestizos, when we're mm -hmm. the ones who are mestizaje, mm -hmm. like the ones who are mixed with, you know, the European, the indigenous, and then the African ancestry. We're different from the hate. We're different from. It's different from Haiti, who has. Um, we're most like. We're most all, you know, from African ancestry. So. And we've been through a different kind of struggle. I know we both suffered, you know, trying to get our independence and everything like that. But I feel like Haitians, we just feel disconnected from Spain completely because not just the language, but also because dealing with, you know, the Dominican Republic, for example, our history with, you know, Latin America, just in that small sample, has just been kind of a lot, a lot of conflict and a lot of battles between, you know, they tried to, I think with the Trujillo um, massacre, they tried to wipe out all the Haitians in the Dominican Republic. And it, it's just those little nuances of our history that make us kind of resistant to associating with Latin America. Uh, Latin America as in just Spanish speaking and those, it's just a lot of uneducated, um, uneducated biases, I think, for Haitian people, I think, um, if we just look at geography, yes, we're Latin American, but some will say, you know, with 
everything our history has brought us, we just would rather just be Haitian, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, we would rather not associate because we didn't come from the same, you know, mix. And the mixed people, I believe, were, they, they didn't get it as bad, you know, when, when you talk about slavery and things like that. So it, it kind of deals with, with those kind of differences. I think also with that, it's, oh, sorry. Um, I think with that also, I, it's not, I don't think it's more about history anymore. It's more like it still happens to this day. For example, I was at the airport just last week. And um, when I got there, I, I was waiting on my flight. It was like delayed for a couple of hours. And literally, there was like a whole section of Dominicans just sitting away in a corner. And you saw the Haitians mm. were in the corner. They were literally separated. And it's like, why would I want to be identified with these people? Because it's like in the area where the Haitians were separated, you saw how they were getting along. People who never knew each other were talking, they were cracking up. And then my family, we didn't have, there was nowhere else for us to sit. So we sat in the area where the Dominicans were sitting. And when we sat there, they were looking at us like, why are you here? Like, why are you sitting amongst us? And they didn't talk to us. None of them even looked at us. So it's like, even till this day, it's not even about history. It's it's about history, and it's still happening today. Why would I want to identify with people who won't even look at me, like look at me the same as equal as them when their problem this choice is probably worse than mine? So Dominicans automatically they they're all Afro Latina. They they identify. Yes. Yeah. I I disagree because um like I heard somebody saying this the other day. they were like, you can't put. You can't just say a whole country is Afro-Latina because mm -hmm. there are still uh, Latin people in that country that are, have European blood in them. You know That's what I'm mean? talking about, the Afro part. Isn't the Afro part just just a define, define that you're black? Yeah. Yes. Is that it? Right. So, well, it's, I, I think... But it's also an, an individual choice. Yeah, you know? that's actually like, what I was going to say. And that, that is the challenge is that there are people that are black and don't acknowledge it. Right, and and so that's that's the the yeah that's that's been a major conversation. But I just want to say very quickly that it's interesting that time and time again, I think as Haitians we hear Latin, we hear Latin America or Latin American country equals Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. Dominican Republic is not the only country that we're in conversation. And that's also something that I wanted to challenge. It's just like I I completely understand for reasons of our historical trauma that continues to this day, that is institutionalized and practiced, and there's border control. Um, but when I say Latin America, I'm thinking about spaces outside of the Dominican Republic as well. Well, something that um, I was kind of thinking about when you asked the question of why don't um, a lot of Haitian people want to consider themselves um, like to be a part of Afro-Latinx. Um, I also thought kind of about even um, another term as like, for example, Caribbean. Um, when I, like growing up, I never really considered Haitian people to be Caribbean. I never saw Haitian people considering themselves Caribbean either. It always felt like very separated, I would say. Um, I would say, like, in Miami, I felt less of that separation and more, like, more camaraderie, more community, but, like, not really back where I came, like, back in Orlando. Or even sometimes, even, like, now, I still kind of feel like what's, like, coming together as in, like, 
in like kind of coming together but not yeah. really coming together as in we're all caribbean just kind of coming together as in like we all kind of have an understanding and i think that can be also a part of why there's that discomfort with with like kind of wanting to consider themselves to be you know afro latinx is for all intents and purposes since i like as far, much as I've known, there's as much as I've known about like you know the Haitian culture and, and the Haitian people, um, it's always you you guys have always felt very like proud. separated. Yeah. And I wouldn't necessarily say proud because I feel Definitely like that separated. Yeah, I wouldn't. Definitely I wouldn't say separated. I wouldn't say proud because I feel like that kind of makes it seem like you guys did all the separating yourselves. Yeah. I think that it's kind of like equal parts. Like okay, yeah. those are like. You know, those you guys over there, and this yeah. is us over here. But I think it has a lot to do with what Martina just said. You know, it's a matter of, like, what she just explained about in the airport. You know, you're in a situation. Like, I always talk about when I first came here, um, when I first moved to South Florida, it wasn't cool to be Haitian. Like, it was like mm-hmm. yeah. being Haitian was the worst possible thing. So you get, in, you get in this space of, well, why exactly are, why are you separating us? Like, we would, they would have Haitian flag day at my school and all the other Caribbeans or other mm-hmm. would be against us. And, and, you know, you have black Americans that was attacking Haitians. This would be a time where you want Jamaicans and people from Barbados and all these people to stand with us, but instead they stood with the black Americans, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you get in this space to where you're like, okay, you we're kind of forced to, to be yeah. about, you know, standing up mm-hmm. for each other and then now moving forward, mm-hmm. when everyone's like identifying, and now it's cool to be Haitian with throwing Haitian flags up. Yeah, you guys are now adding a whole new term, <laughs> you know, exactly. to who we are. You want right. you want to start? You want me to start calling myself Afro Latina? I just started being okay with being Haitian. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. and I understand mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I've been okay with being Haitian since childhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but, yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, no, but I, one, I want to read it. Um, a, you know, a part of your article, which I thought was like so powerful. So you said, I identified as Afro-Latina because my family comes from an island in Latin America. I claim Afro-Latina identity to acknowledge the critical contributions Haiti has made throughout the region. I am Afro-Latina because my ancestors gave Latin Americans an alternative to enslavement. When I assert the term, I am declaring that every Independence Day... Every Independence Day Latin celebrate would not exist without Haiti. When I embrace the word, I am no longer allowing my fellow Latinx to exclude Haiti and to identify this black Latin American history. Like I, For me, I think that that's like so powerful. I remember when yeah. I read that and I was like, even if, you know, at that moment, you're like, I don't think I'm Afro-Latina. You'd be like, wait, wait a minute now. You know, like, that's powerful. Yeah. Like, you know, that's powerful. Because a lot of people aren't saying that, you know? And I feel like even with what you say, while well, a lot of people that do identify, or Haitians that identify with being, um, you know, Afro-Latinx, I think a lot of people will say for that exact reason, that's why I don't want to be, exactly. you know, identified as. There, there's this resistance, like I said, because of, like Martina said, because of those situations, but at, at the same time... Because who's I, bigging us up, though? We're yeah, always exactly. bigging up all these other countries, and we're reminding... Why are we always reminding them what we did for them? How come they're not always talking about what we did for them? That's, the, that's another thing. I see that yeah. a lot from what we post. We I've had people say, like, when we post certain things about other countries, like even Jamaica had their independence, they will post it. People are like, ugh. Like, can you guys stop, like, you know, bigging up these other countries? Because all these other Caribbean blogs don't say nothing about us when it's Haitian flag day or, you know, January 1st. See that I I just feel like it's it's 
it shouldn't be you're right that you know we we do do that a lot we pick up everybody and then i've been to like gatherings things like that where it's a caribbean party but they play only soca they play only you know dance hall they don't play any haitian music and i'm like but aren't we a part of the caribbean too those are little things mm-hmm. where i'll be like mm, um so are we caribbean are we west indian or am i just haitian oh, don't like, even say that west indian yeah that's, that's a whole nother drama yeah like some people will say they're west indian yeah. uh, and i'm like is that fluent with caribbean or because these are all these terms i'm saying i i just i want us to get into like this space where maybe we can identify like you imani about mm-hmm. like i'm i'm afro-latina like i'm not forcing anybody who is black and latin to say they're afro-latina because we know that's not gonna happen yeah but at the same time like wanda said i think it's good to at least have that shift in your mindset at least for the time being because Certain things, they're not going to last always, and we might not, we're still going to be Haitian at the end of the day. That's kind of how I see it. So even if I say, I'm, I can say I'm Afro-Latina, I don't have to resist it because I'm Haitian still. Like, it's, it's not, it doesn't take away from me being a Haitian. I think that that's why a lot of Haitians think. They think that if they say that they're Afro-Latina, they're taking away they're from taking away yeah. from their Haitian pride. That's what I was going to ask Ayana. After writing this article and seeing some of the feedback, did it by any chance force you to like maybe scale back a little bit or you're now even, you know, like are you now even more proud to say Afro-Latina? Like did how did that affect you like seeing the comments and you know, cuz your your article is posted on various pages. Yeah, it's interesting that you asked that because I have been reflecting on, you know, who's been most responsive to the piece. And I think, you know, I, I try to be very intentional. And I, I guess people maybe caught on to this or didn't. But I purposefully published in an online space intended for Latinos that wouldn't normally be thinking like this. And I wanted to push that audience to think, you know, even when there were, um, you know, protests around TPS, there is no, to me, like, that could have been a moment where, like, Hondurans, Haitians, all these groups could have been in dialogue, you know, and I think that because of our complicated histories, we tend to choose, um, insularity rather than recognizing the power in numbers True. and so i wanted i wrote the piece because i wanted to unify people i wanted to be like you know what let's let's mobilize let's see that we're all connected because at the end of the day we're black <laughs> and our struggles are more interconnected than we acknowledge mm-hmm. and even with that being said with you mentioning that that is true like where you decided to uh, post the article. We have talked in a lot about how Haitians feel about being considered part of this community. What kind of feedback did you see from, you know, people who do identify as Afro Latin X? What what was the feedback from them with you being Haitian and now, you know, saying you're Afro Latina? What was that like? They were really excited. Um, really. I, that's who most of my followers have been, have been um, people that identify as Afro-Latinx. Wow. Um, whether it be from the Dominican Republic, Honduras, and I think also specifically for the places like Honduras or Belize where um, 
Creole lives, mm-hmm. it, the piece was relieving because even within Afro-Latinidad, um, like was mentioned earlier, we tend to think of Spanish-speaking countries, not places that speak Creole, for example. Um, and so, and I see that dynamic like in education all the time. It's like you walk into these departments, like Latin American and Caribbean studies, they're not really trying to deal with the Caribbean part, right? I think at a place like FIU or a space like Miami, um, it, the dynamic is different, you know? But in other parts of the US, where there might be a less dominant Haitian community, um, that Caribbean part, that Haitian part, really goes under the radar. I think it definitely goes under the radar. Even that That's true. At FIU, um, the Latin American and Caribbean studies they focus on the Latin countries, some the Caribbean, some of the Caribbean countries, and then there's a whole other program for Haitian American studies or Haitian studies. And so I find that it's like in and of itself we're kind of isolated in a way, or I don't know if it's we're isolated or we're focusing just on Haiti because of the of the language because we speak Creole. Um, so I had the question for you, Ayana, because um, I'm not too familiar with um, the, the political standing and everything like that. Um, but is there, you know how they have like the European Union, African Union, is there a Latin American, you know, union, something like that, that we can bring up these topics and these discussions? Because I think this is an issue, like this whole race issue, I think it's definitely prevalent um, and we need to we need to understand it as a total, like Hondurans talking with the Belizeans, Belizeans talking with the Guyanese, Guyanese talking with the Haitians, so we, and then the Latin Americans in America because we have the resources to be educated and to share this information. So I wanted to know if that was you know if that was available, if this is a, a platform. Yeah. Um... So you mean like on a on a larger national level, like or on yeah. a government level? Yeah. Yeah. So there are um, there's one thing called CARICOM, um, which is basically an organization of Caribbean nations. It's supposed to you know promote economic integration and cooperation, and Haiti is a member state. Um, and then there's also um, OAS, uh, which is basically the Organization of the Americas, and basically Venezuela has been vital in terms of um, bringing Haiti into the conversation. But as was mentioned in rebuttal essays, Haiti was not originally included. so there are spaces, I mean, there's another initiative, Petrocarib, um, once again started um, with Venezuela leading the way that has basically allowed for Haiti to receive oil from Venezuela. So this, I'm really interested in Venezuela, even though their political situation right now is really messy. Um, they, they have consistently been in support of the Haitian nation. I wanted to, um, you know, Gab, even with your questions, I wanted, like, to bring this up. We spoke about it before the podcast, but I didn't mention it too much, mm-hmm. about the fact that you now, do you identify as um, Afro-Latina? 
I do. You do? I do if somebody asks me. But if you ask me, what are you? First thing I will tell you is I'm Haitian. Yeah. I'll tell you I'm Haitian, I'm American, because I was born in America. Yeah. But I, I do identify as Afro-Latina because even growing up, I went to a school filled with only Dominicans. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Because one of the things that I was told about you when you were growing up, mm -hmm. you identified as Dominican for a long time, but you're not Dominican. And yeah, I, w I wouldn't say like a yeah. long time. It was like a <laughs> mini phase. I don't want to give too much credit to that because my mom kind of got that out yeah. me really quick. But why did you do that? Like, but I, I So wait, first off, are you Dominican? No, I'm not Dominican. But you identified as Dominican because... And yes, in... From, I, I believe, third to fifth grade, I would say, when I first got to my elementary school, I was kind of bombarded because I would say, people ask me, what are you? Would ask, what are you? I guess I looked ambiguous to them or yeah. whatever. I didn't look Haitian. Or I didn't look or what they think a black Haitian. American, yeah. what they thought that was. So I would say, I'm Haitian. They say, what's Haiti? Where's Haiti? And this is a Dominican ask, telling me this. And I've always been taught, I always knew geography, like Dominican Republic is right next to Haiti. So me, I'm like, okay, I'm Haitian. Yes, I'm Haitian. They didn't believe me. And then eventually, as a young child, my mind started to kind of wonder, am I Dominican? Because I had family who spoke Spanish and who was half Haitian and half Dominican. Mm -hmm. But they were not, I learned eventually, they were not my blood. So I would say I have Dominican family, but I'm not Dominican, no. And so that was just a long, you know, time, a long time of just telling people, telling people, I'm Haitian, I'm Haitian, I'm Haitian. Like, they didn't really understand. But at that time, that time, that term afro But were you confusing them because you were kind of mentioning the Dominican part, though? Yes, I, were, I was. Yeah. I was. I'm not going to lie. I was confusing because I was, I had Dominicans, um who would tell me, you know, yes, Haiti, you know, we, we love Haiti and things like that. As a young child, I was like, okay, Dominicans hate us. That's what some words were saying. Like, oh no, we don't we don't like you guys and you're not you're not we're not, we're on the same island, but you guys did us dirty. I remember a young kid, he told me that he was like, You guys, my parents, you know, I can't really be your friend. That's what he told me. And I and that hurt me because I was like, you know, I'm just Haitian. Like I, I didn't know that we were in a conflict, I know we were in a feud, and so I, I would say, eventually I remember I was saying that I was Dominican from It just was more grade. comfortable because yes. you were having all this negative stuff. Yes, and then it was just, it was, the population was Dominican, Indian, and white majority. Mm. So I couldn't, couldn't go with the white people, and then, and then there was black kids, but my mom, growing up, I, I just, I identified with the Dominican culture as well because of the food and because of the music because they would my mom would listen to Spanish music. My mom, she made like, you know, rice and beans and chicken and everything like that. And I, I just I saw that culture and I was like, this is a culture so that there was is no of my really, culture. There wasn't a lot of Haitians, you There was no, no Haitians. Okay. There was like I eventually in middle school I learned of one Haitian, yeah. of one other Haitian in my school because of the earthquake that happened. But after that, then people were like, Oh, that's Haiti or and then all the bad, you know, it's like Came bad right, yeah. Bad things like, that. Oh, you guys you guys wear clothes, do you guys do oh, this? God. You know, like you didn't wear like, clothes too? It's exactly <laughs> like do you guys have cars? I'd be like, No, we walk, like, you know, because they're just trying to play with me and I was just I'm like, Okay. So but you moved to South Florida. I moved to South Florida and then I was kind of bombarded. 
I went to Publix and Bravo, and they were speaking Creole with me, and I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, mommy, like, because I spoke Creole, but I, I wasn't proud of speaking Creole because with my friends, I couldn't speak Creole because they, they weren't Haitian. So coming here, I just, I kind of just settled and immersed myself in all of this culture because there was Haitians everywhere. There's Haitians at the supermarket, Haitians in, in around school, around town, and then I just didn't know that people actually accepted Haitians, that people actually were proud to be Haitian down here because even up there, I was just a little girl, Haitian girl, who just so got that, bullied for being Haitian. I was just like... So that has a lot to do with all the stuff you do now because you're an HSO, yeah. you're part of every... Like, you're always at... I see you at every Haitian event. You're yeah. volunteering at everything. I, I just love to just see how Haitians work like the I, I I just I'm so proud of my community even though there are things you know that are bad there are things that we can talk about that you know are, are negative I, I do believe in acknowledging the negative but my Haitian culture is it's rich and it's I want learning about my history learning about you know the contributions we made like Anna said with Venezuela and um, the Colombia Colombian um, those nations, Colombia, Peru, you know, all those Spanish-speaking nations, and then that's why I identify as Afro-Latina now, because I'm like, we are all black. We all came from being, you know, brought to Af brought from Africa, and yes, there are some who's mixed with European, and some who's mixed with indigenous um, Indi Indians, but at the end of the day, the, it's the barrier of the language that's separating us, and I feel like that is, it shouldn't be a barrier because mm -hmm. if you look at now, today, yes, Haiti is definitely one of the poorest, but most of these countries are not, they're developing nations. They're not like, it's not like we are all just like the Americas and we're all, you know, doing so well. We can learn from each other. We can trade yeah. with each other. We can do much more than but just talk about it. But any chance they get, they try to put us to the side and make sure they remind everyone of any all the bad and anything negative they can anything and try negative. to uplift these other countries. So, Ayana, so I want to bring you back in and ask, um, you know, and ask you another question of as far as, now you've done the article, you've done all this press, you've talked to all these different um, platforms and so on about um, about this conversation. What would you say to, you know, the, ha the Haitians or Haitians in the community who don't want to be part of this conversation at all? And what would you say to, you know, the... Um, to other Afro-Latinas that are just now probably even just finding out like Haiti is part of the Latin Americans? Yeah, I would say to the Haitians that are not open to continue being proud of their Haitian identity and rallying and fighting for the rights and equal treatment of Haitians all over the world. Um, but to also remain open to creating new futures that don't necessarily rely on, or just not to just exclude everyone solely because of the treatment that we've received from certain spaces. Um, and I would say to the Afro-Latino community to just be more cognizant of Haiti and the way that it contributes to your respective nation's history. Um, 
and I hope and dream that Black people can just come together and recognize um, how much we are a part of one another's histories. And that even though we all practice our own identities, you know, if you spend time in the Caribbean, if you actually, you know, actually what I really want to say to Haitians is find out your family history. Because I think people would be surprised to find out that how many places that their family members went to before arriving to one specific place. And even myself, I'm learning that my family members have lived in so many different places that I didn't even know about. So just take time to know your family history because we all sit and practice and rehearsing saying we're from this one space. But honestly, since the abolition of slavery and even before that time, people of the Americas have been hopping from ships to different countries and have been exchanging with one another politically, culturally, socially. Um, so don't just be dismissive of that history. Absolutely. Thank you so very much, Ayana. Thank you so much for being here with us and bringing this topic to the forefront and being able to educate so many different people on um, on being Haitian and being, um, being considered Afro-Latina. I really appreciate you being here with us. Um, Imani, do you have anything, any final thoughts or anything you would like to, before we go? I just, I really like that. I just want to say I really like that ending part that she said um, about, you know, being open to learning new identities and being open to learning more about, you know, your family's history, especially the learning new identities. Because as I said, like, um, moving to my moving to Miami and living in Miami, um, honestly, I feel like opened me up to like Haitian culture a lot more um, because where I lived, I lived in I, I lived in Orlando and actually did grow up around um, a lot of like Haitian people. Um, and my high school had a very huge um, Haitian population, but it was very separated, especially at the time um you know growing up there was a lot of like stereotypes a lot of like you know different things that were said or negative stereotypes about you know Haitian people of course and um you know a lot of people kind of just took to themselves because of that but kind of coming to Miami and kind of meeting a lot of people that were very proud of their Haitian culture and very like you know wanting to kind of like tell more about it and like explain like you know the richness of it and everything and just learning more about it it's just like I actually have a lot more appreciation for Haitian culture than I did when I was growing up and like I was I'm like you know tell like my best friend sometimes I'm like you know like I really think like their culture is so cool like I love you know like like you know the dances and stuff like that I'm just like it's so every time like I, I had a roommate and she was um she was um, in HSO, and you guys were always doing stuff. They were always going and traveling, and um, she was always a part of something. And I was like, you know, I think it's really cool, like, how proud, um, you know, the culture is and, like, how, like, they have so many really cool things about the culture. And I feel like if we were to, like, sit down and, like, really kind of share that with each other, I think we would be more willing to be, like, in willing to kind of have those moments of, like, wow we're really the same. We're really, Absolutely. like, not that different. Like, you know, if you 
if you've seen like the end of Lion King 2 when they're like they are us we are them (laughs) why are we fighting because we're literally we're all the same like there's there's a few differences obviously in each island each country but we're we have much more in common than we have differences Absolutely. Thank you so, so very much as well for being thank here. You. Gabby, thank you so much for being here with thank us. Ayana, any final thoughts? Also, let everybody know how they can follow you and if they haven't read the article, where they can go to read the article. Yeah, they can um, read the article on Fierce by Me Too's website. Um, and I want to thank you all for having me. Um, it's been wonderful being in dialogue and just keep the conversation going. Um, it's messy and it's complicated. Like our our histories are are complex, but they need to be spoken about on multiple levels. Um, and and I just want to say that you know there are multiple ways to come to Haiti. If it want if you want to come to it through history, through music, through culture, just keep exploring and make sure that you are receiving the knowledge of your you know, parents, grandparents, multiple family members, whoever it may be, um, because many times they, you know, even teach you more than the textbooks. I mean, the whole article I wrote was inspired by conversations with my family. And how can we follow you? How can everyone follow you? Oh, yeah, you can (laughs) follow me on Instagram at Haiti Harlem and on Twitter at Haiti Harlem. Um, Super accessible, so... um, you know, would love to continue the chat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any questions or you have any feedback, please feel free to email us. You can follow Ayana at Haiti Harlem, H-A-I-T-I-H-A-R-L-E-M on Instagram. And you can DM her. She checks her DMs. She'll definitely reach out to you guys. Thank you for a great conversation. Thank you, Gabby Mani, for being here. And until next time, you're just listening to The Sweet Podcast. Thank you. Y'all didn't even say bye. 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 Thank you. Hey.